Hey everybody, welcome to kind of a weird episode of Rust Belt Startup. I would normally call these like a toolbox episode or a monologue episode, but um, this should be, a, or shorty, maybe this is a shorty. It might not be that short though. Um, what I wanted to do, I just was able to get a, uh, a little less than an hour demo of Apple Vision Pro and it has scrambled my brain in a way where I feel like I need to unpack. I have lots of thoughts that I want to share. And there's a gajillion tech reviews out there that have really gone in depth about the hardware, some of the ups and the downs, um, which are great. And, and especially, uh, I would highly recommend watching uh, MKBHD's um, video, uh, as well as uh, Nilay Patel at The Verge. They do great in-depth breakdowns of, of the device itself. But it truly is one of those things where you got to take the demo to really understand what the hell is going on with this device. And so this may sound a little bit disjointed. What I wanna do is take you through, um, I don't wanna approach this from a tech review perspective. What I want to do is share, I think more of the, uh, the emotional side of this, if that makes sense, um, of that experience and, and what I think it means in, in the larger context of where this all might be going and why maybe you should you should care about this device at all uh, because it is a version one device so um, what i want to do today is just give you a little overview of of what that demo experience was like for me uh, and then maybe wind back the clock because i have a little bit of interesting context um, uh, maybe that a lot of other folks don't and can draw a couple parallels that maybe haven't been drawn before so um so buckle up this this might get weird so as I mentioned, I recently was able to book a 40-minute uh, demo of Apple's Vision Pro, and that took place um, at a Apple store. Um, when, I, when I walked in, uh, basically I had to go through a scan of my, my face on my iPhone, and they kind of custom fit a um, uh, the right light seal that goes around your eyes. And so after a brief walkthrough of um, how you control the thing, which is just by l literally looking at the thing that you want to to click proverbially, like just looking at it um, and then pinching your fingers together wherever. It could be in front of you, on the sides of you, in your lap. That pinch gesture is your, think of it as a, as a mouse click. So it is very, very intuitive after about 90 seconds of, of use. But you do have that function of you got to look at the thing, you got to look with intent. So it is a little bit of a different paradigm but once you're in it it feels very natural very minority report if you've seen any of if you've seen that movie with Tom Cruise like that's that's kind of kind of close in a lot of ways so okay when I talk about the emotional impact of this um, what what do I mean by that well the first thing is when you put the headset on and you go through the calibration like it's it seems like a little bit of magic um, and then you also do realize, like, your eyes are – I'm looking at a screen. It's a very high-fidelity screen, more than 4K per each eye, but I am looking at a screen. Um, and so that fidelity is a little weird. I talked to my guide and said, look, like, things seem a little bit blurry to me. Um, and it's because it's not your eye. There's not this – you know, adjustable focal length where I could read the information on my watch and I could see very, very crisply, uh, you know, five, six feet in front of me. But beyond that, some of the signage and, and things, I could not read it. And that's because, you know, the, the lenses that are basically the cameras that are taking 
video, high resolution video, and then projecting it into my eye, um, you know, that's got a, a fixed focal length, right? That's not going to move in and out just how, how we can focus our eyes um, near and far. And so that was a little unsettling, which to me means, number one, this is not a device where I'm going to walk around uh, and exist in all day long. So you see all these photos on Instagram of people, you know, having lunch together in Vision Pros or walking across the street. That just transparent experience with without, you know, running apps, that's something that, that I think would, you know, it's just not as good as, as reality, obviously. But it's not something that I would want to do for a long period of time. So, but an interesting thing happens once your brain kind of understands that you're looking at a screen, man, within seven, eight minutes of being in that environment, my brain adjusts and I kind of forgot that I was wearing a headset. So um, that was a little magical and a little disconcerting at the same time because I'm I'm having a conversation with this individual that's walking me through this and he can't see my eyes and I can see him and I was talking to him uh, and it was just as if I was existing in this real world until you start layering windows around you. Uh, and that was absolutely magical. Again, I'm not going to get into the technical parts of this. I highly recommend you watch the, the demos and, and, the, and the videos. But um, the fidelity was, was, was pretty good. Um, when you move your head around fast, uh, it, it does try to catch up. It's not as high fidelity as when you're, when you're, you're stagnant. But here's a couple of things that I want to highlight. What is this for? I walked away from this demo going, you know, I'm not entirely sure what the use case is from a productivity pers perspective. By the way, I would like to own one of these, absolutely. But I don't think that it, it's, it makes a compelling case in my life for increasing my, my productivity. Um, but a few things stand out to me, and let's take these one at a time. First and foremost, they took me through a demo of spatial video and spatial photos, and basically that's just Apple for 3D video, 3D photos. And full disclosure, when the new iPhone came out and I was able to pick one up in November, one of the capabilities that they rolled out was your ability to shoot spatial video, which is basically using two cameras, so I'm, I'm shooting 3D video. It doesn't look 3D on the, on the iPhone, but my thinking behind this is that at some point, and probably not this year, probably not next year, but a lot of us are going to own these devices as they become more mainstream and the cost comes down. And um, I wanted to capture these memories specifically of my kids or important moments or honestly like ordinary moments um, in spatial video to just kind of be able to have that 3D data um, as, as, the, as these things become more popular. I want to be able to experience them in 3D. So they showed me a demo of um, a birthday party uh, in 3D. And the only thing that I the, – what, what came across for me is like you feel like a ghost. You feel like you are you, – you know, this was obviously a staged, you know, shot with, with a you know, stock family. But um, I felt like I was in the room with them. And, again, your brain starts to believe that you're there. And it is framed in this kind of like – um, ghostly frame where I just felt like I was in someone's memory. Again, I, it's hard to explain until you're in it. But spatial video, spatial photos, remarkably immersive. I think that if I had the ability to play back spatial video of my kids uh, playing or playing with me, um, I would probably have gotten emotional right in the store. I mean, you really, truly feel like you're there. And to me, that is 
one of the biggest use cases for this is I think of Vision Pro and probably the subsequent machines that are coming in this as these are memory machines. These are empathy machines because when you are able to truly experience these things, not only with depth, but the audio is also as you see it. So people that are on your left, you're hearing more in your left ear and people that are on your right or sounds on your right, you're hearing more in, in your right ear. So it is it is truly immersive. You know, it's not as high fidelity as, you know, I would like it to be, but it's, it's pretty amazing. And so spatial video, spatial um, photos are, are just, for me, this remarkable part of, of what is possible here. And I think one of the most compelling use cases uh, of this device. So um, I'm going to keep shooting in spatial video and spatial audio because um, I, I just think the impact of feeling like you're in a memory uh, is, is really, really, um, really profound. And I can only imagine, you know, in the future, our ability to be back in a memory with like loved ones that have passed or, um, you know, memories when we were a kid or seeing ourselves like this is going to be weird because again, your brain is being tricked to thinking that it's, you're, you're, it's, you're, you're there. So that was, um, for me, I think the most compelling case. The second thing, uh, I guess two more, two more main cases was their use of what they call, uh, ex- uh what do they call it? Experiences? No, not experiences environments, environments, which is where you turn the digital crown and you, the, the real world dissolves around you and you are in a ultra high resolution place. And so where I started was I was at the top of Mount Hood and uh, then I was on the moon and then I was in a desert. So Apple has created these environments where if you don't want to be working or, or using apps in your own room, in your workspace, you could turn these environments on where you are completely surrounded in ultra-high definition video um, in 360 degrees where you can then lay your windows on and, and do your work or getting things done. Absolutely fooled my brain after 20 seconds. I'm, I'm on the top of Mount Hood or I'm in this desert. The fidelity and the resolution is so good. It looks and feels real and the sound is directional and it's it's just gentle video where you you believe you know you kind of forget that you're in a store and when we dial it back into reality it was jarring uh, again that was something that I was not prepared for I've seen it in the videos and I was like this looks really cool but when you're in it wow you feel like you are on the moon or in a desert or on the top of mount hood it is tranquil and beautiful and I wanted to spend some time there, right? And I recognize that this sounds crazy. And I also recognize that this could be dangerous, right? We're getting to the point where if I don't want to be around in the environment that I'm in, I could literally build my own environment. I think there's pros and there's cons to this. But I see an incredible um, incredible use case for health and wellness, for meditation, for being able to to get out of a stressful situation, uh, even momentarily and going to a place of, of calm and tranquility because it was really, really remarkable. So environments, oh, unbelievable. And the third thing uh, that, that I think was my biggest takeaway was um, I'm not a home theater buff, but I'll tell you what, uh, watching immersive video, there's some video that they show you at the very end. It's kind of like the finale. Uh, that they're calling immersive video experiences that I guess 
Disney's going to start creating and studios are going to start creating where it's ultra high fidelity and video is 180 degrees where you can kind of turn left and right uh, in the scene and experience different things. That was incredibly real, incredibly compelling. And, uh, you know, as someone that is not super into home theater, but, um, you know, I've, I've been to IMAX movies and I like going to movies. This is the single greatest video experience I have ever been in by a mile, by a mile. The biggest screen, the highest fidelity, the best sound, um, unbelievable for video and media. So I think that's incredibly compelling too. Now, let's flip the script on it because I'm sitting here watching this immersive video and a movie trailer. And again, having the best theater experience that I have ever had by far. And yet, the thing that was missing is I was like, man, I can't share this with my wife. I can't share this with my kids. I am inextricably immersed in this thing and I am also completely alone. And that to me is a big trade-off where Apple is able to deliver these remarkable experiences in VR. And I don't know how you get around this, but you know, the guide that was there, it 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 does break the magic spell where I realize like, oh, this person and all of the people around me, no one can see what I'm seeing. No one can hear what I'm hearing. Now, obviously, you can airplay your display and you can share that display, but it's not the same thing. You're not in the experience like I am. And that was a bummer. Like, I want people to be able to have these incredibly immersive experiences that I think that I think could really um, create a high degree of, of empathy and give people experiences that they would never otherwise be able to have through a device like this. But man, I don't want to do it alone. I think there's a big piece of this missing where how do we either through multiple headsets or figure like that's the, the person component, the shared experience that, you know, that is what's so special about being human uh, is, is what's missing here. So it's this magical device where you are completely alone and I think that's a big drawback. And I think that's also one of the risks as we start to deploy these things. We are already spending so much time alone. Can we use this technology to connect more with one another through experiences or in that virtual space? Or are we going to isolate ourselves even more? I, I, the jury's out on this. But I got to tell you, that was an amazing, amazing experience. And I think um, simultaneously, I think if you go to apple.com and have an Apple store near you and can get a demo, you should definitely do that. Get that experience. There's not a hard sell after. You don't have to put a deposit down. You do not have to buy a Vision Pro. But get that 30, 40-minute experience because I do think that some of this is the future of computing and the way that we're going to start interacting um, with our environment and uh, kind of merging the digital and, uh, and, and uh, real-world spaces. And yet, I also don't think most people should buy this device. Um, without, unless you're a big theater buff and want the best movie theater in the world. Um, it's a version one product. And I think Casey Neistat, uh, said at the end of his review, look, this is a version one product. This is the worst version of this that there will ever be. And I got to tell you, it's pretty crazy. Now, if you're still here, if you're still with me, one of the things I do want to circle back to is, 
this idea of wearing a device on your face. So when I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast um, that I have some unique experience uh, with face computers, it's because, oh, maybe a decade ago or so, um, I was one of those guys that uh, was a Google Glass tester, uh, a, Google, a Google Glass owner. I was mesmerized by this product when I first saw it uh, at South by Southwest when they announced it, and I saw people walking around with Google Glass. And at the time, um, that got such a bad rap. But I, I tell you what, I wanted one so bad, and I was absolutely willing to fork down um, way too much money to test a product that was way too early and not as well thought out as it should have been. But um, I wore a face computer on and off for um, close to 18 months before um, selling it and, and moving away from it. And I want to tell you a little bit about why that is and how I think Glass and Vision Pro are related and um, why I think Glass is actually, we're going to probably circle back to a product like Glass in the coming years. So first of all, um, Google Glass, you probably remember the demos, and you probably remember a lot of the backlash. A lot of it due to this idea of there was a camera on your face. Um, absolutely true, right? People uh, back in 2012 uh, were really wary of having being photographed or videoed um, and, and maybe not being aware that they were, they were being filmed. This does not seem to strike such a, 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 a chord these days when you have like the, uh, the meta Ray-Bans that are out that look really great. A lot of smart glasses have cameras on them. Uh, glass was, was one, of, one of these devices. Um, and it had a little prism that would lay down um, transparent cards in your field of view on your right eye. So it could tell me the weather. It could send me, um, I could read text messages. I could respond to text messages with my voice. I could see GPS directions in my field of view. It was really amazing. Um, but the product was too early and not well thought out. Battery life was terrible. Um, what you could do with it was incredibly limited. And again, the social cost of walking around with a computer on your face was pretty immense. Now, I will say that when I was wearing glass, uh, my wife and I went to Iceland, and I can tell you that that tool was remarkable on a trip like that because I was able to capture video and capture photos just by pushing the button on the rims of the glasses or even winking and just kind of not always having my phone in front of me. I was just capturing stuff. And granted, it was 720p. It wasn't great quality. But when I look back at those videos and photos, it was great. I'm so happy that I had that device during that trip. It absolutely added to um, uh, to our experience and our ability to capture memories of that experience. So Iceland was awesome. And then when I got back, I can remember that Google announced um, Google Wear, I think it was a watch product. And when I looked at the demo, all it was was Google Glass, the exact interface and the cards on a watch. And I thought, oh my God, they're going to kill glass. And so I immediately sold that, that, um, uh, that unit because I just thought they were going to discontinue it. And they did. Um, and you know, since then we've got the Apple Watch and now this is, is migrated to, to Vision Pro. So, um, but directionally, you know, man, I think that glass directionally was correct and it was just super early. 
Vision Pro is ski goggles. It, it, it obscures your entire face, even though they're trying to do this digital persona on the front. And glass, in its defense, at least you could see my eyes, even though there was this weird, funky prism across the top of my uh, uh, top of where my glasses would be. So, but directionally, I think it's it's correct. When we start to think about the differences in use cases for a VR device, I almost think that th- we're bifurcating here. So after my demo with Vision Pro, I absolutely can see the use case from media, for memory, and maybe even for work um, with a device like Vision Pro where I want to be all in. I want to be completely immersed in technology. I think that is where that device absolutely shines. And I think directionally, the, the, uh, the Google Glass direction is where most people will end up and will accept socially where we'll end up, which is I'm not going to, I don't want a thing that obscures my whole face. I want something that is discreet uh, and something that I can wear in my everyday interactions with people that deliver timely, relevant notifications and information or act as an AI guide. I think that's going to come back, this idea of more AR, but very, very discreet AR. Um, I think is going to be the form factor. So Google Glass, is, again, you know, we're talking about Vision Pro mostly, but as someone that's done them both, I think they both um, have a space. And from a mass market perspective, I think Glass was directionally correct, too bad of a product, too early. And I can't help but wonder what would happen if they put that product out today. Uh, if that would have found some adoption. So anyway, thanks for letting me just talk about this experience uh, with Vision Pro. I need to get out of my head uh, because I think it's a technological marvel and my brain is still processing what I what I went through. So memory machine, media, powerhouse, um, and I don't think it's a productivity engine yet. So um, thanks for sticking with me. I will see you guys. Got some really interesting podcasts coming up in the next two weeks that I can't wait to share with you. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.